Hi, everyone. Welcome to the first episode of our Q2 Pulse of Payments series. As a reminder, the Pulse of Payments is a quarterly series we do focusing on the latest trends in the payments industry. Today's guest is Brent Rose, the Chief Revenue Officer of Beyond. With more than 30 years in the payment space, Brent joined Beyond in 2017, serving as one of the company's initial division directors, and he was later promoted to the Vice President of Emerging Market Sales and then Chief Sales Officer. In his new role as the Chief Revenue Officer, he oversees the company's product development and marketing strategy of one of the largest W-2 sales organizations in America. Under his leadership, Beyond outperformed the U.S. SMB acquiring market in year-over-year growth by 40%, received a net promoter score 40 points higher than industry averages, and achieved record sales despite the global pandemic. So hi, Brent, and welcome to the show. Thank you, Greg. It's a pleasure to join you today and uh, looking forward to the conversation. Yeah, me too. So let's dive in. So if you don't mind, tell our audience a little bit about Beyond. Sure, absolutely. So I think it's really important to, uh, we're, we're referred in the market as Beyond, right? But one thing people, a lot of people and, and listeners may not know is our full business name is actually Above and Beyond Business Tools and Services for Entrepreneurs. That's a focus on, on how we built our company from the ground up when we opened the doors, you know, back in May 2017. And it's, it's really an advocacy approach that we take to within the entire organization. Those advocates really have three characteristics, right? It's our business advocates. You know, it's our W-2 sales people working in their community, really advocating the not only the from the card processing business, but all the other solutions that we bring to bring value to the to their business and help them succeed, right? And then on the other side of it, kind of the second pillar, if you will, is our sales advocates. And our sales advocates are really our sales enablement team that works with our sellers to bring them up to speed with a the new product launches we have and just kind of the, the synergies that we have within uh, the organization so that we have consistent alignment. And probably the, uh, the third, third pillar and probably the most important is what you know, I refer to as our, our service advocates. So, Greg, we don't have uh, the traditional call center, which most of our competitors do in the, in the marketplace. We don't have ticketing systems and so forth. And we really adhere to our, our service center. Our service advocates are there to support all of our merchant clients, as well as our sales organization in assisting them from everything from before the sale to the onboarding experience, and then uh, customer retention and uh, service after the sale or service after the handshake, like I like to talk about it. So one of the things that's really interesting, I think, about the aspect that we bring to the market is we have two sets of promises, right? We've got 10 promises for our clients, our merchant clients, as well as our sales organization that we adhere to. And that really, you know, resounds itself around our focus and how we go to market and not only, again, from the initial sale, but how we follow up with them to bring additional value and then make sure that when we do quality assurance reviews with our clients, which you know is consistent and part of our sales process, introducing them to new advancements that we have from a product standpoint, and, and more importantly, really representing that we're adhering to one of our one of my favorite promises that we have is, is protective pricing. You know, we don't arbitrarily increase prices 
when our clients are uh, processing up to their commitments. Okay. So let's, let's dive into the questions. How are the small businesses in your portfolio bouncing back from the pandemic or, or are they bouncing back yet? Really good question, Greg. I think when we look at, you know, the diversity of our portfolio, right? We have a stronghold and, and a large focus in the restaurant and hospitality industry, which is, you know, a good portion of our portfolio. They've struggled, right? It's been a challenge for them, struggling cash flows, trying to really stay relevant and keep their doors opening. And, um, you know, we, we've done a lot of different things to help them continue to grow during the pandemic and then afterwards as well. I think if we look at certain other industry segments and, you know, primarily we are a card present processor for the most part. And, uh, you know, giving them, our retail clients, as well as our restaurant and hospitality, the opportunity to succeed with some of the products that we've been nimble enough to develop in-house and, and drive some of that, you know, brick and mortar business back to the buy ahead, pick up later and so forth. But it, it's going to be a long road, I think, for uh, some of the industries to bounce back. But I, if we're staying true and adhering to the promises that we bring to them, you know, when they're struggling with, with cash flow situations, it's, uh, it's really important for them to look at a company like Beyond where, again, we adhere to those promises of pricing. And uh, unfortunately, you know, it's, it's inevitable where they're many times taken advantage of in difficult times with, uh, you know, again, some of our competitors putting them in difficult situations with arbitrary price increases. Sure, sure. So you mentioned restaurants specifically. So let's dive a little deeper there. What do you think the the new post-COVID world looks like for a successful restaurant? Probably the one word that comes to mind, Greg, is simplicity. I think there's an opportunity for, you know, restaurants have been put in, into a position where they have to really reevaluate what is what are my labor costs, what are my inventory costs, planning for what their capacities are going to be, right? You know, table covers are significantly increased, you know, based on restrictions that have been posed in different communities and, you know, really understanding their business better. Contactless payments and, and you know, it's, it's funny to think about QR codes and how, how they become so relevant in the marketplace, not only when you walk into a restaurant and you, you know, scan the QR code for the menu or uh, use that QR code to order ahead or buy, you know, buy in advance and so forth. Some of the old technology has really kind of proven that it's going to be beneficial for them to understand, you know, how they can embrace that and, and really grow going forward. I think one of the challenges that restaurants are going to have going forward is looking at, you know, what does uh, delivery services look like? If they're utilizing a lot of the third-party delivery services, managing those kind of costs, which are 30, 35%, and then building that back into how do we recover that, right? I think there's an opportunity where the restaurants will need to, you know, just kind of reevaluate what their long-term plans are going to be. And I think a lot of them have really focused on survival in the short term, but the, the opportunity to look at what technology can they invest in or what, what beyond or, or someone can bring to them in the marketplace to understand how to manage their costs more so now than ever. We have um, 
you know, Beyond's developed uh, our proprietary inventory and labor management platform, which has seen, you know, an inc- incredible uptick, you know, just in interest with especially restaurant owners, understanding how to manage those costs and maximize the, uh, the profit margin opportunity going forward. Okay. Well, let's talk about the, the service industry a little bit. What, what do you see as the hot trends or, or topics of interest in the service industry? So I think you can put this into a couple different industry buckets. Definitely, we're going to see significant growth in healthcare and healthcare service industry. If we look at some of the other service providers where we're looking at more of a contractor-based service, reoccurring billing, there's a couple different components there. And I think understanding, and, and let me just separate those, those two up because I think those are the key drivers going forward. If I look at the healthcare industry, it's going to continue to grow substantially. But more importantly, how do we capture the entire revenue cycle of the, of the business and help them in their process? So typically, you know, healthcare had been in-person payments after co-pays and so forth. Now it's become more of a complete cycle where prior to the visit of a patient, we may have, you know, we have the ability to provide a, a text engagement with, with the new patient to set up their billing and the reoccurring payment up front. We can tokenize the transaction, carry that all the way through the life cycle to a billing process. And I think we're seeing a lot of a lot more engagement there where not only text to pay, but text to engage is really an interesting concept that is going to carry over throughout that cycle. And I think you can apply that again to a lot of different reoccurring or, or service type businesses where it's, you know, I think text to pay is kind of the the topic or the wording, you know, of today, but text to engagement, I think is going to be the driver in completing a revenue cycle for any type of a service industry. Okay. You know, both of those, just thinking about some of your answers there and kind of what's going on in the restaurant space and services. I mean, do you see it where, I mean, it's logical, but you probably see the data you know, where the parts of the country that are opening up, you're starting to see more transactions, more revenue. I mean, is it just, is it that obvious that you can just look at the data and see that? I do. You know, I think there's, you probably have to dive into it a little bit deeper and understand why certain areas. I don't think it's necessarily just about certain communities or certain parts of the country are opening up. I think it's more important, again, to look at what are those businesses doing to engage, you know, with their clients uh, when they're not open, maybe, you know, what is, you know, at Beyond, we've built, you know, our Beyond Commerce platform, which is a driver of payments, but more importantly, now than ever, it's the utilization of, you know, the customer data, right, and getting ahead of them and engaging with them when you are going to reopen or when you are going to have that, that promotion or something something aligned with that to to drive your business. So I think there's two components to that, Greg. I, I think definitely we're seeing regional growth, you know, just just based on uh, the, the businesses reopening. You know, and again, primarily that's driven through, I think, the Main Street America and uh, brick and mortar. And, um, you know, I think from a restaurant stand, from the restaurant standpoint, customers, clients, I mean, they're excited to go back out. You know, we're 
we we're approaching uh, pretty significant vaccination rates in the country right now, and that's going to continue to increase. And people are are comfortable getting out and about more so than they have been in many many months. But I, I think really the the driver there is going to be staying connected, you know, with your customers. Yeah. Yeah, no, I like that uh, engagement part of the answer. That's that's pretty interesting. So let's talk about one more segment, the, the nonprofit segment. So with all the online donations and collecting via text like you, you were talking about, can you speak to some of the trends in that space? Yeah, yeah absolutely. And this is something that's it's, it's very close to beyond. We've been really focused on one of the industry segments being nonprofits. We have uh, the tie-in to uh, our give back uh, partnership. And uh, I really believe there, there's a couple of things happening in nonprofits right now that probably haven't been, been seen in the past, just the way that they're engaging again with their clients, right? We've had the opportunity, again, to build out some of, uh, some of our proprietary technology and have, uh, have a solution called Text for Good that drives not only payments for nonprofits, but also associated schools and, and uh, other organizations that are collecting anything from a donation to a tuition payment and so forth. And, and built into that technology is the ability to you know, cover or gift the cost. And uh, I think, like all the other businesses out there, more and more of a shift to you know, text engagement with uh, with the donors, they are also then building that into the continued engagement. You know, if if they, it's that follow up. You know, one of the interesting components of looking at customer engagement and where we've uh, where where we've evolved from over the years is the average the average email is opened third of the time or a fourth of the time than a text message. You know, the text message is always in front of you and. I, I know a lot of our discussions here today, Greg, have been about text, but I, I really see that as a huge driver in how we utilize that in the payments ecosystem. You know, payments are going to become and, and really have become more and more transparent. They're happening behind the scenes, right? So when you have that engagement, you have the the technology and the security behind it. How are you going to continue that engagement moving forward. And uh, again, I, I just think a really, a really key opportunity to think about how we utilize that throughout the entire merchant and, and customer lifecycle. Yeah. I wonder too, if there's not a, an element of trust there via text as opposed to email. Mm -hmm. That's just me and me thinking about, you know, text that I get they just feel like I'm expecting them and they're legitimate as opposed to emails where you get thousands and thousands of them. Right, right. Definitely being front and center with your customers. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Brent, we've covered a lot of ground on these different segments that, that you guys are very involved in. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up? No, I, I really, uh, I appreciate the opportunity, Greg, to join you uh, this afternoon and uh, excited to see the evolution, the next evolution of payments. I spent quite a few years, uh, nearly 30 years in the in the industry. We've come a long way and uh, we've got a long way to go as well. So it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how what evolves and uh, how we move, move forward in the uh, payments ecosystem and commerce platforms and so forth. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. So, Brent, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate your time. Great. Thank you very much, Greg. Sure. And for more information about Brent and Beyond, please visit the Beyond website at getbeyond.com. And as always, to all you listeners out there, I thank you for your time as well. <laughs>